You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life. Rabbi Jeff Adler joining us this morning to unpack the truth of God's Word from the Old Testament. And today, we are beginning out in the Psalms. I'm excited about this. Good morning to you, Jeff. Thank you so much for being with us and waking up early. Good morning. Hopefully, we can be on the bullseye. (laughs) Nobody says it like you, but (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to steal your signature line. But you know, nobody quite uh, nobody quite finishes it off like Randy. You know, he's the one who's got (laughs) to he's got to create the the bullseye. Hey, you know, when we were talking about this the other day about where were we going to go, we were bouncing back and forth between uh, Psalm one twenty six and 137 and you know i know that you want to draw this contrast because there are definitely two different pictures here but let's just jump right in on 137 um yeah how shall we sing the lord's song yeah here the people are the people have just come to babylon uh exile has has occurred god had warned the people for centuries that if they didn't turn from from their idolatry and and uh, t- the the mixing of the faith of of, of the scriptures with uh, with the, the the gods of the nations and uh, and we just didn't believe him and now the horrible reality has hit and this psalm talks about that the people said by the rivers of Babylon we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. Uh, on the willows there, we hung our hearts, which means they couldn't sing anymore. Israel, the people of Israel were famous for the, the music of David, uh, the songs of ascent, the songs that they sang for the worship of the temple. Music was, was well known all over the world, and it was happy music. It was like it would be equal to what we hear about top, top 40, top 100 um, you know, the hit songs, and so the people of Babylon had heard about it, and so they they were saying, I want to hear the famous music of Israel, the music of Zion, and so he sa- so it says there in, in verse 3, our captors demanded songs, and our tormentors asked for joy, sing us one of the songs of Zion. We've, because to the people, to the people of Babylon, these songs were just like hit songs, you know, they're on the Radio, you hear you hear the hit hit songs, the uh, the uh, you know, and and this is what we're famous for. We want to groove to your music, and and uh, and but they said, but the people realized the Israelis re- re- realized that this music was not just music; it was it was it was the, their connection to God, and they couldn't sing the songs when they felt they were out of they were out of favor with God. And so they said, how can we sing a song of Adonai in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand wither, may my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I cease to remember you, if I do, if I do not set Jerusalem above my chief joy. And he's talking, the psalmist is talking more, the people are talking about more than just a nation. It's more than just patriotic fervor. 
It is a sense of we've lost God, our connection, our identity. We as a people are tied to our relationship with God. Without God, we have no idea who we are. As a matter of fact, there's a, there's a, there's a, a, a great debate. What makes someone Jewish? What defines, what defines Jewishness? Is it a culture? Is it a religion? Is it a nationality? Is it DNA? And I think the, the debate is because we, 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 are, we have been disconnected from God's plan in the Messiah. Um, but, you know, this, this psalm reflects the, the angst of exile. Um, but then you contrast that to the psalm that we're going to really focus on this morning, the 126th psalm, which is one of the songs is Shir Ma'alot, a song of ascent, uh, which means these are the psalms that the people chanted and they sang as they ascended Mount Moriah to the temple. And they could see the cloud of the glory of the Lord over the, over the temple. And as they went up the slopes, they, they, were, they were thinking, what are we going to experience from God? And they would go up there and they would say, God's up there. Now, obviously God's in the whole world, but there was the, it was the focal point of the presence of God in a very unique way. The cloud of the glory of the Lord was, was, was there. And so they anticipated. They were singing, we're going up to meet God. We're going to spend time in, in, in the presence of the Most High. And so it, it begins with this incredible statement, when Adonai restored the captives of Zion, actually the returnees is, 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 more, is, is a better translation. When the Lord restored the captives of the returnees of Zion, it was as if we were dreaming. You know, we, we were captive. We didn't think we'd ever be able to come home. We didn't think we'd ever be able to come home. And I think of all the years my Jewish people were scattered. They were in Russia, and there was no way to escape the Holocaust, all, all, all of those things. We thought we'd never be able to go home, and, and Ezekiel had prophesied in that powerful vision of the Valley of Dry Bones in, in chapter, chapter 37, that they just appeared to be dead, dry bones, and they, they said, and God gave the understanding of the vision to Ezekiel, he said, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, we have become like dead men's bones, like dry bones. Our hope is perished. We are cut off. There's no hope. But then the, the release, it took 26 centuries for that prophecy to be, be, be fulfilled. And then God opened the gates, and Israel became a state again, and people are still flocking back. And But, I mean, this is the whole... This is this is a description of the deliverance of God. Not you know there are people listening this this morning who are in 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 circumstances where they feel there's no hope. My over my marriage, my health, my business, I'm trapped. People are addicted, quite possibly, um, but that God's the answer, and it, and. And when the deliverance of God comes, it's like we've been dreaming. Is this real? If I pinch myself, will, will, will I feel it? Um, will, will I even know? Am I awake? And he says, when Adonai restored the captives of Zion, it was as if we were dreaming. Our mouth was filled with laughter. 
we've been sorrowful for so long, and the Lord gives joy. Ne- Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Rabbi Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, re- re- say re- rejoice. It is the heritage of, of the Lord and, uh, and of, of relationship with God. It's not tied to an event. It is tied to a relationship, a presence, a condition that God gives when the Spirit of God floods us. And he says, it was as if we were dreaming. Our mouth was filled with laughter. Our tongue was a, our tongue had, was a song of joy. We had a break forth in, it, it just singing. Uh, those people who've been paying attention to what's been going on at, at Esbury uh, talked about the fact that they just want, the students just want to sing and they just spontaneously want to worship and sing because of the, because of the presence of the Lord, the reality of Him. He says they 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 said um, they said uh, um, among the nations, Adonai, the Lord, has done great things for them, and and the verb the verb occurs in the Hifil stem, which is where God means God causes it, but it's in the perfect tense, which sees the action of the verb as one point in a timeline, making it very decisive. It is it is as it is as if. Uh, the psalmist is pounding his fist on the table, or stamping his foot, and he's saying he's just jumping up and down and says, "Adonai, the the the, the nations say, though Adonai has really done great things for them. It, it isn't just some a theology. It isn't just a doctrinal statement that God has really done extraordinary great things for them, and everybody pays attention." Because it seemed like nobody could escape. No nation that had been that had been scattered like that had ever experienced restoration like this. It is unique in the history of the world because and it's something that only God can do. And then they say, Adonai has done great things for us. Again, the perfect tense. God, the Lord has really, really, really extraordinarily done great things for us. It's incredible. God has done great things for us. Testimonies are so important. People sharing the miraculous. I I I, uh, I, I was in a prayer meeting. I, I was in a Zoom prayer meeting, anchored from Jerusalem, last week, and and there was a a lady who was he was in that meeting, who um who speaks. Turkish, and she had gotten some 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 t- testimonies from from Turkey about God delivering people miraculously from ruins. They were trapped, and that that the Lord came and led them out. Uh, just came in and and helped them to get out. No no people were, were involved. God led them out, and. Uh, you know, because God does extraordinary things, and that's what the psalmist is saying. Adonai has done great things for us, and we are joyful. <laughs> you know, the God doesn't just—he—it's he, not just theory, it's not just theology, it's not just doctrine. That God is actually active in our lives every single moment of every single day, of every single week and month and year of, of, of every single life. And, uh, um, and, and it's so good for us to realize every heartbeat that I experience, every breath, 
is a miraculous intervention of God. If he were to stop, I'd die. It's a remarkable thing. He is there. His eye never is away from us. He does not sleep. He does not slumber. He is always active and present in our life. Even, and this is part of the the beautiful thing about his grace and mercy, is that even when we are against him, even when we are rebelling, then he is still active. And we see that because I know as you, you're going to get to in verse 5, those are tears of repentance that are being sown. Those are the weeping of the repentance that then leads to those shouts of joy, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, the psalmist projects. He says, Lord God, um, we're not the answer. We're not, we're not righteous, Lord God. We've proven historically that, 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 that our, 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 our security with you is not our own, our own, our own, own performance. It's not our, our virtue. The Lord God, we may very well get ourselves back into a fix again. So it goes on and says, Restore us from captivity, Adonai. Restore us like streams in the desert. And the streams, I know Isaiah chapter 2 says, It will come about in the last days that the mountain of the house of the Lord will be exalted above the mountains and raised above the hills, and the nations will stream to it. That imagery conveys the idea of a flow, just, just kind of just streaming. The nations will stream to, to Jerusalem. It says because the because the instruction, the word of the Lord, that the Torah will go forth from Zion, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, and the nations will beat the swords and the plowshares because they stream to the presence of the Lord. They're going to Jerusalem because at that point Messiah will be reigning um, there. Uh, but um, but it, but you know, at some point. Lord God, we may very well get ourselves in a, in, a, in a fix again, but restore us, bring us back like a flowing stream, like the flowing of the Jordan, O oh God, or a powerful stream, uh, and restore us and, and like streams in, in the desert. And though, Because those who sow in tears, as you just quoted, those who sow in tears will reap with joy. Lord God, the sorrow of the moment. The sorrow of, of, of repentance meets forgiveness. If we confess our sin, O oh God, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that, that verb, that, that, that Greek verb for confess, amalageo, literally means to agree. If I agree, Lord, that I sinned, it was not somebody else's fault, Lord God, it's my sin. I, I, I agree that, that, that it's wrong. But Lord God, when I do that, Lord, you are faithful. You are consistent and you are just because you made the, the provision for my sin to be removed by sending your son, the Messiah. You prophesied about him in the 53rd chapter of Isaiah. He will be wounded for our transgressions, our rebellions, and be crushed for our guilt. The punishment that will lead to our well-being will fall upon him, and by his stripes we will be healed. And verse 11 says, you will look and see the suffering of his soul and be satisfied. Lord, you will, you will forgive our sins. So those who sow in tears will reap with a song of joy. Whoever keeps going out weeping, we keep 
bearing in mind, Lord God, we want to live our lives not just in sorrow, but with, with, with the sense that our sin does not prosper us. Yeah. Uh, and instead, Lord, we come to you. Those who, those, who so, those who go out weeping, bearing precious seed, will likely, will, will, will surely come back with a song of joy. Um, I think of the, the language of the 12th verse of the, the 55th chapter of, of Isaiah. You will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and hills will break forth before you into shouts of joy, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. It will seem as if the trees of the field are are applauding what they, what they see God doing in our lives. Well, I'm grateful because Rabbi Jeff Adler is giving the spines of our Bible a workout. We are flipping back and forth. We've been in 137 Psalm, and then also 126, and then we've been going back and forth to Isaiah 55 as well. So, Rabbi, you're giving the spines a workout here. You're loosening up the pages of our Bible. <laughs> Well, that just proves I'm not spineless, right? Yeah. So, just, but um, yeah, so, yeah. Psalm, what, so, you know, the contrast between those two psalms is just profound. One Psalm one 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 thirty seven, um, you know, the, discusses the the sorrow of the people when they they rejected the the warnings of God. But one twenty six shows the mercy of God, which closes with the path those who go, those who Keep going out, weeping, bearing precious seed, doing what what God has called them to do, will surely come back with a song of joy, carrying their shoes. Is a payoff. Is a payoff. A long term payoff. The harvest doesn't come immediately the day after you plant the seeds, but yeah. but when it comes, uh, it's a payoff. Yeah. It is just immor- I mean, it's just remarkable because of his immeasurable love for his people. And we see that, and that is God's promise because we know he is faithful to what he has done and the promises of his word. And so we can rely upon that as just about the only thing in this world that we can rely upon is the Lord himself. Everything else and everyone else will eventually let us down. Uh, but boy, I tell you, God is faithful, and he is merciful, and his love for us immeasurable. Thank you. And, you know, Jeff, that that very story plays out in the Passover of what the Lord did for Israel in the Passover, and you are going to be marking that with a Passover Seder on April 8th. Tell us a little bit about what's going to happen on the 8th, and I, I just want everybody to understand you can text the word Passover for details about this event, uh, text the word Passover to 800-969-9467, and you'll receive a link there to the PDF, which will give you all the information about the event right there. So, Jeff, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, you know, be, uh, be, uh, be, before the Passover, God told Moses to t- tell the people that every year after they're out, after they're even in the Promised Land, uh, that they were observant at the same season every year to tell the to tell the story. That's what the seder is. It means order, which means that there is a certain order that is followed to re, to bring out every aspect of what of what God did. It's a testimony. That's what it is. The Passover seder is a t- testimony to the power of God. He delivered 
Israel from bondage, from slavery, and that and that, that catchphrase that God uses throughout the prophets, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, not saying, oh, for the good old days, but that, that I, what, what I did before, I keep doing. As a matter of fact, this psalm, as you, as you, you implied, uh, this psalm that we, that we examined t- t- today talks about the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion from Israel, uh, for, from Egypt, from bondage, and every time from Babylon, and, and from Russia and the USSR. God, is, God has been releasing his people, and the ultimate one, of course, the ultimate salvation, the Messiah came and died, laid on his life, and rose from the dead during Passover. So um, it is the telling of that story, and it, it, it is a feast. Uh, and so that's why, at, you know, we, we, we have it there at, at Rich Charles. They give us a great feast there. Um, but it just celebrates. It is rejoicing in the goodness of God, the, 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 the deliverance of God, and we extrapolate from there. And what God has done in the past, he keeps doing. You know, the increase of the government and peace, there will be no end. That's, that's Isaiah 9, that not only... And not 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 only does God's kingdom go on forever, but the improvement, the the the, the goodies of the kingdom of God keep increasing. And with God, it gets better and better and better and better and better. Not just for a couple of years, but forever. Yeah. Oh, it is such a joy to take this in. And I want to encourage everyone, if you have not ever experienced the Passover Seder, well, then you have been invited, formally invited, to join in the Passover celebration. What you can do to find out the information is text the word PASSOVER to 800 969-9467. Details are Saturday, April 8th. It uh, kicks off at 5.30. There is a buffet dinner. There's going to be live music and dancing, business attire, casual, please. And you can find all of the information there in that flyer. But come and be a guest of Messianic Congregation Sha'ari Yeshua as they invite you to join in the open Passover Seder, commemorating what the Lord has done and learn why that night was different from all other nights. Jeff, uh, it's it's always extraordinary, and I appreciate your community effort to invite everyone to be a part of this because um, this is an important thing for us to understand. We need to understand what the Lord has done and what he is able to do in our individual lives, but we see that played out in the Passover over Israel, and so what a treat this is. Yeah, and we, I, I, I always love. There's a certain point in the seder when we have we invite people who would like to to dance the horror. Yes, <laughs> I, I, and I, I always, uh, I always enjoy as I watch to see people from all different backgrounds and age groups, and I'm think, and they're they're they've got their arms around around each other and they're dancing in a circle, sometimes multiple circles, and uh, um, and I think, boy, heaven must be like this. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh, all we need to do is proclaim holy, 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 right? Uh, it's just going to yeah. be words. That so sweet, so sweet. Well, Jeff, I can't say thank you enough always for, you know, 
bringing us deeper understanding of God's Word and, of course, for what you do to lead your congregation and now to share with the community and invite them into something very, very special. So thank you so much, brother. Uh, Just deeply appreciate you. Thank you. You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the Word to Life.